you're listening to the Independence News Hour on WBAI Radio in New York. I'm John Tarleton, the Indies editor in chief. I'm joined today by my colleague Amba Gagarian. Amba, it's great to have you join us today as a co-host. Amba, you have to unmute yourself there. Thanks, John. It's great to be here with you and all of our listeners on 99.5 FM and streaming on WBAI.org. Great. In our first segment today, the rent was due yesterday for the 12th month in a row during the pandemic, and tens of thousands of New Yorkers were unable to cover the rent through no fault of their own due to the pandemic and the economic crisis it has caused. However, eviction proceedings have resumed at the Brooklyn Housing Court in downtown Brooklyn. Yesterday, members of the Crown Heights Tenant Union faced off against a wall of NYPD cops. Joining us to talk about yesterday's action and a lot more uh, uh, are members of the Crown Heights Tenant Union. We have uh, Sarah Lazur, and I believe Tiffany King is also with us. Uh, Thank you for joining us on WBAI Radio. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. You bet. Uh, So for, for starters, uh, can you paint the scene from yesterday with tenants facing off against this phalanx of, of cops as eviction proceedings uh, uh, moved forward inside the, the Brooklyn Housing Court? What was it like out there on the street, and, and how did you all handle the situation? Yeah, um, there were a lot of uh, police officers there uh, when we all arrived at Housing Court, and Honestly, a lot of people were kind of nervous because um, the the NYPD has been um, uh, not exactly the most receptive to peaceful protesters. Um, I was one of the police liaisons, and honestly, I was kind of nervous, but it all went really well. We had some really great speakers in front of housing court explaining why it is that uh, the eviction moratorium is sort of in place and sort of not and to explain how dangerous it is for evictions to to resume and then we uh, marched on to borough hall where um, we called on a particular senator brian kavanaugh a state senator who has an alternative bill for another rent relief program um, that does not meet the standards of the cancel rent bill that we want. And then we continued our march to um, 55 Hanson Place, which is the um, uh, the seat of the Department of Housing and Community Renewal, um, the uh, state agency that oversees um, rent regulation and oversaw the um, rent relief program. And, uh, and also... Uh, Hakeem Jeffries' office is there. And then we finished our march at Chuck Schumer's apartment in uh, Park Slope. And um, it was a really moving event. A lot of people, I guess, I'm bad at eyeballing it, but I'd say there were maybe 100 um, uh, tenant organizers and tenants just calling on our elected officials to do the right thing and cancel the rent. Great. And could you explain a little bit more, Sarah, about um, what you mentioned before, that it's confusing that the eviction court is sort of reopened? Could you explain that and um, who this reopening will be affecting? Definitely. Um, 
so the courts uh, technically do have an eviction or did have an eviction moratorium until uh, February 26th. And that's according to the eviction moratorium bill that was passed in December after months and months and months of tenant activists going to housing court demanding uh, a moratorium and constantly getting a temporary Band-Aid solution from uh, executive orders from the governor, um, orders from, from the courts, the Office of Court Administration, and we kept having to go back to risk our lives in a pandemic to uh, force the courts to stop taking eviction proceedings. And um, this most recent time, there is technically an eviction moratorium. Um, however, if you want for your case to be um, to be paused until May 1st, you have to fill out a hardship declaration. And it's telling that, um, you know, over a million tenants in the entire state are, are behind on their rent and are potentially at risk of eviction for non-payment. However, only 2,300 people, the last I heard, only 2,300 people had actually signed filled out this hardship declaration, which leads us to believe in the tenant movement that um, that anything where you're expecting tenants to know about a program, to understand that they qualify for it, and then to fill out a form is very unlikely to cover everyone that needs to be covered for, for everyone to stay safe. You know, one thing this reminds me of is uh, there was a lot of complaints with the COVID vaccination program uh, when it started uh, uh, in December and January that um, older people and, and people who didn't, uh, you know, have really sophisticated no uh, knowledge of using the Internet uh, had a very hard time signing up for that as well. They really the 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 race and class disparities in our society. Uh, seem to surface once again uh, with these uh, complicated application uh, processes. Absolutely. And uh, there's just so much confusion. We're constantly getting more information than we can imagine for, for things that are being advertised on TV. Uh, but our government is not doing a good job of communicating to the population at large what is available to them how they can get their hands on it, who it's, uh, who exactly um, it's available to. And if you have any sort of um, language uh, uh, difficulty, um, or if you're just not connected to people who are in the know, you're not going to benefit from that program at all. I mean, Tiffany and I are both members of the Crown Heights Tenant Union, which has done amazing work to educate tenants about their rights to help them um, fight for them. But we're lucky not every neighborhood has something like the Crown Heights Tenant Union. Um, yeah, and it shouldn't be on, on volunteer tenant organizations to try desperately to get 
this life-saving information into people's hands. Our elected officials need to do better. Yeah, and it would it could be pretty easy to to disseminate that information. I, I totally agree. I think there's a reason why it's not happening. Um, but and we're going to get to Tiffany in a second about the rent strike that she's on. But we just have one more question about the logistics of this. So yesterday, you were all blocked from actually entering the eviction court. So instead, you left on the door the bill um, proposed by State Senator Julia Salazar and Assemblywoman Yulant New. And how does that bill compare to another bill proposed by State Senator Brian Kavanaugh, who chairs the Senate Housing Committee? Great. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we left we left the Salazar bill on the gate to um, Borough Hall because we wanted to make sure that um, that Senator Kavanaugh realizes that a better solution does exist. It's the same solution we've been asking for for 12 months now, and that's the cancel rent bill. And the advantages of this bill are multiple. <laughs> um, for one thing, it doesn't put the onus on the tenants to fill out the forms in order to get um, in order to get it. It also doesn't, um, you know, cancel rent is something that would apply to all tenants universally. So nobody falls through the cracks. Um, you know, you don't end up being disqualified based on some weird percentage of the area median income that you have to fall in under before you lost your job, et cetera. Um, and uh, another really important facet of this cancel rent bill, um, beyond the fact that it's universal, all tenants are able to stay in their homes and they get protection against retaliation from landlords for having owed rent in the first place. Um, it also puts the onus on the landlord instead of the tenant to fill out the paperwork. Landlords, they usually have access to lawyers. They just have more resources to, um, to uh, make sure that they're filling out the paperwork properly. And it's also just going to be easier to implement because there are millions of tenants in New York State and there are thousands of landlords. Now, DHCR, that, that uh, state agency, had a hard enough time processing all of the applications for the rent relief program from, from last spring. And even then, they couldn't even give out more than 40% of the money that was allocated for it. It's going to be easier if they're processing landlord applications for hardship money instead of processing millions of tenant applications for this money. And lastly, the cancel rent bill, it, its hardship fund money is going to end up in the pockets of mom and pop landlords, nonprofit landlords. It's not going to end up in the pockets, most likely, maybe if there's extra money left over. It's not going to end up in the pockets of giant international corporate landlords like Blackstone or Achilles. Those companies, they're, they're, they don't need the relief as much as the mom and pop landlords. Um, right. They just uh, act like they do. Um, 
Exactly. And, uh, um, real quick here before before we talk about this rent strike, can kind of quickly give people a sense of uh, how uh, Crown Heights Tenant Union uh, came into existence. Like, um, I mean, y- y'all are doing all this stuff right now, but y'all have been growing over the last few years. I understand. Sure. Uh, the Crown Heights Tenant Union started in 2013 because in this neighborhood, um, uh, long-term tenants, usually people of color, were getting pushed out by landlords who were hoping to deregulate the the apartments and bring in people who could pay more money, um, you know, often tenants who were white. And uh, the Crownite Tenant Union was founded based on the principle that both long-term tenants and new arrivals in the neighborhood are both being exploited by uh, unscrupulous landlords. They were all being overcharged and um, displaced. And we realized that the entire population of the neighborhood needed to be able to join forces and fight back. And it's been really successful. And we help organize uh, buildings, um, tenant associations at the building level, and then we join together at the neighborhood level. And we're also involved in other coalitions because we don't just want to, um, you know, fight individual landlords. We want to actually get better laws, more rights, more protections. Um, And for that, we needed to join up with other groups that are, uh, that are of like mind. Yeah. And speaking of fighting back, um, we're going to pivot here to another Crown Heights Tenant Union member who is online with us, Tiffany King. And Tiffany King has actually been on rent strike with her whole building, I believe, um, since a couple months before the pandemic hit because of how poor the conditions were there. Now, Tiffany, can you just tell us a little bit more about that, what it's been like, um, and the fight to cancel rent and, and, and fix those problems? Yes, it all started from when my next-door neighbor, her grandson, almost died in an apartment due to mold. And the same condition she has in her apartment, I had in mine. It was just, like, horrible. But we didn't. I was afraid to fight because if you try to fight, they threatened to put you out. And they had did a legal eviction before they had put my children out while I was at work and then put the notice on the door. But I got back in the apartment, which they made me pay 2600 for marshal fees, which I didn't hear anything about that but anyway my next door neighbor her grandson was um eight years old at the time he stopped breathing because of the mold and um she found um she came across the crown high center union at the court thank god and she just started opening up doors for us because we was all scared to fight you know you you try to we don't have money like like sarah said they have lawyers where they can send their lawyers to do everything, but we don't have money to pay for paying lawyers to help us out. It's like you go down there and you just have to literally beg for help. And, you know, and I, I'm, I'm really, like, sickening behind this because I can't believe that this world has stopped. We out here wearing masks and gloves. We can't even go outside without covering our face. But yet they want to push the doors open for the courts and to bring in poor people that don't have no money like myself. I've been out of work for a whole year now. I've been at my job for 20 years and I've been out of work for one year. And they want to push us back in court to get money for these landlords 
but they're not trying to give us no help for us to like to try to pay them back the rent. I have filled out for the rent relief program. Nick Perry, we got him to sign on to the bill. He came out. And the only reason why he signed on to the bill because he took a tour of our apartments and saw the conditions how we was living. He didn't really say much, but I felt in his heart that he did the right thing to sign on to the bill. And this this is what we just go to. And, I, you know, I lost a lot of family. I'm sorry from jumping from jumping to one subject to another. I'm just no, really, like, great. stressed out behind this. And it's like, I don't think a lot of people are dying from COVID. I think a lot of people are dying due to stress. That's what they're dying. Because we don't know how we're going to feed, how we're going to feed our family. When I lost my job, I didn't get an unemployment check until months later. The little savings that I had, my little 401k, I don't have nothing in there no more because I had to eat. My, my four children had to eat. And it's like, I don't know what these landlords, what they want, like, give them the money like they really need to cancel the rent and mortgage because the world has stopped and they pushing it to let it start moving forward for the rich for the landlords to, to benefit from it but what about us there's going to be so many people living off the living in the streets and living in their homes they just everybody the, the wealth is just thinking about their money but what about us we do a chat and it says fight 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 housing is the human right and we have a right to be housed, not not the right to be put out in the streets because these landlords want money. This is what this world is about, money. I mean, if it's so much about money, cancel the rent. Let the rich cancel whatever they they running after. I, I don't I don't I don't even know how they can even do that to us. Anyway, where do they expect us to get money from? A five hundred dollar, three hundred dollar unemployment check. How is that going to give them money for for rent to live in these mold and leaks and broken refrigerators, broken windows, floors, no heat, no water? How dare they want to open up the courts? So we've been fighting many months, and we're going to continue to fight until we get the victory. And I do believe that we are going to get the victory because there's a lot of people that are suffering. And I thank God for y'all having us. And I hope a lot of people is listening because a lot of people are, are not educated about that you can stand together and you can stand up and fight for your rights. You don't have to be afraid. And, you know, that's right. all, you know, I have to say. Right. We, we'll have to uh, wrap it up here in about 30 seconds. But uh, uh, Tiffany or, or Sarah, can you uh, let our listeners know where they can find out more information about Crown Heights Tenants Union and the tenant struggles that you all are involved in. Yeah, definitely. Um, you can take a look at our website, crownheightstenantunion.org. And every week we have um, we have a meeting on Zoom now ever since the pandemic started. And um we're a completely autonomous volunteer led organization. Um, we all help each other. We all keep each other safe. Um, so people can come to our weekly meetings. You can send us an email. You can look at our website and get involved with this fight. Um, in, you know, whether you're on rent strike and have been for months or if you just want to be part of the movement to cancel rent because you know it's the right thing to do for all of your neighbors. All right. Well, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you again to Tiffany King and Sarah Lazur for joining us this evening on WBAI Radio.